Hi everyone, welcome to the Go Within podcast. My name is Yasmin and we're back with another episode. Before we jump in, I want to just let you all know that I've launched a four-week course for people who are feeling a bit stressed, anxious, burnt out. It's called the Stress Reset. And I'm pretty excited about it because it's all my favorite things <laughs> and all the things that helped me recover from my own burnout and really deal with stress. It's all the things that helped me put into this lovely four-week course. Basically, in the in the crux of it, it's a weekly workshop, which is going to be a group activity. Things like a tea ceremony, some archetypal work, some breath release, lots of different things that are going to give you an experience of yourself and an experience of inner peace. And alongside that, there's going to be obviously yoga, meditation classes, treatments, use of the spa, all that juicy stuff that we give at Sanya, and also an online portal where you can work through some meditation, breathing videos, some yoga nidra relaxations, and all of this kind of stuff. Basically, it's everything you need to really arm yourself <laughs> against the tide of stress that is our modern society lives. As you guys know, my whole message in this podcast is about going within. And this is what this course is. And, and sometimes it takes a health challenge or stress and anxiety or some like something like a breakup to really push us to take that step within. Ideally, it wouldn't be that way. But once it is that way, <laughs> we do have to take the opportunities that these challenges give us. And in this course, I hope to equip you best so that you can not only deal with these challenges, but actually come out even better. Because this is what I believe. When you go within, life gets better in every sphere. Your health, your levels of fulfillment, your creativity, your productivity. It all, you know, it's not easy, <laughs> but it is so worth it. So I hope to see some of you lovely listeners of this podcast uh, on that course. Next up, the podcast itself. This is a really nice episode. I'm very happy to share it with you. It's quite special. It's not the usual episode where I just interview one person and, and break down their story and their challenges. It's a conversation with two friends of mine and it's really diving into some interesting topics, particularly around femininity, the healing journey, what 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 does strength look like? And and we really talk a little bit about this topic of strength versus vulnerability and what women what many women feel they should be as opposed to what actually makes us happy and what makes us feel fulfilled. So some very interesting, maybe some slightly different or controversial takes on the subject, but it is, I think, a very important conversation that we need to be having. Coincidentally, my next conversation, uh, the one I'm going to be sharing after this is uh, with a good friend of mine called Luke, and it, we go into a lot of things about what masculinity is all about. So it seems to be the theme of this couple of podcasts, but as I said, they are very important things that we need to be discussing and we need to be understanding deeper if we do want to get healthier, happier, and more whole as human beings. So thank you all for listening. I salute you all who are on your go within journey. It's a slightly you know, rebellious act in today's world to be seeking a relationship with yourself and looking for fulfillment within. So I have so much respect to all of you and so much gratitude for all of you who take the time to listen to this and to be part of our Sanya community. It really does mean the world to me. And just one more thing I'd like to add is a really big thank you to everyone who sent their feedbacks to Marisa about our last podcast. It, it's again, you know, so uh, re rewarding for me 
to know that these conversations are touching and inspiring you all as that is the whole reason why I sit down and have these conversations with people. So once again, thank you. Blessings for your go within journey. And here is the conversation with Kiki and Dasha. So welcome everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another Go Within podcast. Today I am sitting with two beautiful friends, Kiki and Dasha. And we got inspired to record this podcast after a very nice inspirational chat we were having around the campfire yesterday. (laughs) And then we thought this should be a podcast. Actually, there's so many things we can talk about. I I think this might need to be a series. But I think what was really interesting about the chat we were having yesterday was just some conversations that you don't really usually have that easily around what it is to be a woman, especially a woman that's more interested in healing and authenticity, connection, coming into relationship in a bit more of a different way than we're used to. So I think we can just start by maybe a little snippet from each one of us of like hero's journey in a minute, <laughs> if we can do that. I'm just like, um, what, what brought us into the holistic journey in, in just a brief, do you want to start Keeks? You look ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think my journey definitely started um, f- like three four years ago, when I saw patterns of myself that uh, kept coming back, and for me that was a pattern of abuse, abusive relationships, or abuse like. Um, physical abuse, sexually abused. And after that, I kind of started started realizing the, the responsibility I could take in, in healing those aspects in my own life and, and how I see the world uh, differently through them, um, having been through them, having lived both like in in a state where I just was was really yeah down and and suicidal even and just didn't value my own my own being to then coming to a place where I was like okay no this is this is felt this is emotion this is this is a experience that can be shared not just for uh, for other people but shared in a way of like okay this is this is the actual journey of healing and through through dealing with the abuse healing aspects of myself that I didn't even I wasn't even aware of and that brought me into okay as well shamanism and, and medicine but the journey itself is really understanding our emotions understanding our own inner being and how this guides us through life in, in different ways. So yeah, definitely I think that beautiful. Um woof. my journey has been I mean everybody's journey is a hero's journey to some extent. But I think mine so in, in, in my case, health has always been part of who I am because I saw at a fairly young age, my my mom got sick. She was diagnosed with cancer. 
And that shook me to my core completely. And I saw what it did to, to her as, as to her power. And I saw how scared I got because of it. And then similarly, then I got into yoga, then I got into how can I avoid that? And what can I do to avoid that? That could be the foods that I eat, the people I surround myself with, the energies that surround me. But it was there, and yet I always pushed it down because I was very interested in success and whatever that means in today's society. So I was working in, in consulting for a while, for a long while, and that, that took precedence over any health that made sense. So then at one point, because I was so stressed, I had a stomach ulcer that I ended up healing naturally because that made most sense. And then fast forward, because it's a very long story that we don't need to get into now, but I ended up having a, a number of concussions. And the last one was the one that was the biggest smack and the biggest one to say, wait, wake up. If you continue down this path of success in, in quotes, then you're not actually going to find the true success that you're looking for. So that led me much more two feet into health and into what is it, what does that look like for me? And, and the conversation that kind of we said, started having yesterday about my power as, as a being and as a woman. So, yeah. Thank you. I think it's just like such a great, like spontaneously came a great way to start the conversation, which is like about that call to adventure, right? Like we, we all start living life in just this normal way that society teaches us to, to value outer success and really as women to not really be powerful as such. Like this, the, the sort of female power is just portrayed in such a dysfunctional way. <laughs> we mentioned yesterday, we don't really have many female role models that just generally have this sort of conscious power. Um, and at some point, so many people who have you know, taken their own inner journey seriously just get this knock on the door from the universe of like, hold on, there's more to life. You need to look within instead of keeping on looking without. And for some people, it takes losing a loved one or some people, it takes six concussions. <laughs> and yeah. For other people, it takes whatever it might be. Like for me, it was, you know, a journey to Peru into the jungle or whatever it may be. Like it's, it's so beautifully unique for all of us. Yet at the same time, the parallel, it's like the same story told in, in so many different beautiful ways. Yeah. And it's scary too, right? Because, well, I find that everybody has their own version of the journey. And we all come upon that moment of fear of, shoot, wait, am I actually going to go through with this? Am I going to abandon, you know, a, a relationship that's been toxic? Or am I going to abandon a job that gives me financial freedom? Am I going, you know, whatever that is that's mm -hmm. holding us back from getting to the end of that journey, that is the fearful moment. And how often is it that either we hold ourselves back or constraints of society, let's mm -hmm. say, may hold us back, you know? Oh, I can't be, I can't go into that journey because I'm going to offend somebody or I, I am not withholding or I'm not upholding the this image that I have of myself, mm. you know? And it's, 
those moments that I think we together, when, you know, when I, when we're talking yesterday, it's having space for each other and saying, wait, wait, you actually do have that power yes. to push forward and, and go on to that journey, even if you are fearful. I think a question that popped into my mind as you speaking is like, to each of you is like, how did you start to recognize your fears? Because sometimes it's almost unconscious. Like we're scared, but we don't know we're scared. And then suddenly we're like, oh, now I know. And now I have the choice whether I'm gonna stop myself or I'm gonna let the fear be there and do it anyway. So like what was maybe where there was a moment or there was a practice that like helped you get more awareness around your fears? For me, definitely it started off with um, ice baths and breathing, Wim Hof method in specific. Because um, for me, like <coughs> still ice baths are such a beautiful mirror for that fear. Because like the first time, definitely, but each time there is this moment where you're like, Oh. I don't feel like if I it's have weird, a weird that we're so scared of the cold. Yes. <laughs> and the first time, especially, it's like, okay, you do it, but then you really are creating your own reality because it's something that you first were like, oh, it's impossible to sit in a nice bath. Like, it's cold, it's like two minutes or it's long. Um, and after that, you've, you see that switch. And you're like, shoot, I can breathe through this. No matter what's going on around me, no matter how cold the environment I'm, at, I'm in, I can breathe through this. And to me, that became such a mirror of like, yeah, like life. Like no matter how cold your circumstances, there's a way to breathe through that. And that was for me definitely the gateway into, hey, there is that switch. There is that like little place inside of your mind that, creates that moment of like I'm stepping into this and I'm I'm doing this and for me I think from the from the first moment I had this voice inside of my head just kept repeating if the dream isn't worth the risk what is and that just kept going on if the dream isn't worth the risk what is so for me that became something like okay yeah like wake up <laughs> Like as you as you were saying that, I was just thinking, because like you went on, like you really, you didn't stop at the ice bath. I was like thinking of all the crazy shit you've done. Yeah. <laughs> like you really managed to train your mind to just like be okay with that fear. And I think that's that's so beautiful. But like to someone listening, they might think, but like how, you know, like, because it's, it's almost a bit mystical until you've experienced it yourself. Like, how do you override your mind? Um, but I guess this is why, you know, there are these workshops and things where you need to yeah. go and learn from people who yeah. have already done this stuff, right? And like, I think you, that's something you've done a lot. Like you've sought out different teachers that you can go and learn from. Yeah. If you just want to like talk briefly about that, the role of that. Yeah, so like, like definitely, I think you, you learn the way of interacting with the environment by allowing yourself to be in a safe space where you feel held while getting out of your comfort zone. And to me, that became very important to, to recognize, okay, if there are things that like I want to achieve, I, 
like, I mean, that's why teachers teach. It's a shortcut to getting into the depths to to allow yourself to explore either an ice bath or like, yeah, like fasting or, or things like that in a health space. And I think that the space holding, but also acknowledging um, people that are holding space for us to really devote that, those moments to them and be like, okay, here, take me and guide me through this process so I can go within in my own time and space. Um, so yeah, of course, like great teachers are for me the, yeah, the one thing that really helped me find those little areas or little switches in my mind. Um, and then of course, from there, I think it's, it's to allow as well to take that responsibility back and be like, okay, now I have to explore these spaces in your own time. Like that's maybe starts with turning the shower onto cold it's after like you, for a few you seconds. You start holding the space for yourself yes. right after a while. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Thank you for bringing that up because I think the, that what you said like about the safety is really is really crucial. Like that's the difference between a healing experience and a traumatic one is like whether we feel safe or not to experience that because if you're pushed out of your comfort zone without having the necessary safety and tools then it is in a sense a trauma so I think that's something you know really great for us all to be aware of is like where are those safe spaces that we can seek that's going to help us help us grow I, I think there's also at least for me there was an element of thinking about fear it's like okay What's the worst that's going to happen? Let me imagine the absolute worst thing. And isn't that bad? So if you have a fear of the cold, let's say, and getting into an ice bath. Okay, so the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to get pneumonia and you're going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> that sounds pretty bad. <laughs> that sounds pretty bad. Okay. So, all right. Now, what's the likelihood of that happening? You know, so to me at least, because I think that fear is often driven by emotion, that it, in times it's good and it's helpful, but oftentimes it's not actually going to transpire and it's, it's really that emotion that's the thing that's holding us back, not the actual activity, right? So it's, if I can control that monkey mind and if I can control that emotion, then, then therefore potentially I can control the fear. So, you know, I absolutely love to eat. So for me, fasting, has always been like, well, I can't even imagine the idea of fasting for a week. Like, that's, that's impossible. Well, why? It's because I enjoy food so much, you know? <laughs> but it's not, it, it truly is not impossible. And, the, and, and if you see the greats, uh, you know, any great person who has been able to go through trials and tribulations, well, their mind is a very similar mind to the one that I have. So if their mind is able to control their fear or they've been able to fast for 30 days or whatever, then surely I can do it for a much shorter amount of time. So I think for me, that going back to your question from before of what, what is it that you do to control that fear, for me, it was, it's visualizing the worst possibility and then saying, okay, well, that's not going to happen, likely, or that's, there's a very small chance that that's going to happen. Okay, what's the next? And, and then like working your way back. And so 
and then and then potentially the next thing is also saying to yourself okay well i'll do a baby step today so today if we're talking fasting as an example okay today i'm only gonna have two meals instead of three meals you know and like easing off easing off such that then all of a sudden wow you've you've gone a full 24 hours without eating you know because I think I think in society now it's like you have to you have to jump in full in. It's like well, said who? You know, we can we can work our way out. Yeah, I love that. It's something I do a lot. Is the worst case scenario visualization? <laughs> I when I started this business when I started Sanya, I it it felt like such a big task of like where I had to get the business to and um, sometimes I'd feel overwhelmed by like the pressure and and all of that. And I remember just thinking like, oh, it's the worst that could happen. Like, I'll go bankrupt, shut the business down. I was like, that might actually be quite nice. <laughs> I'll be free, I won't have to work, I can do lots of other stuff. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> and then suddenly it's just like all that tension got taken off and I was like left free to just do without that fear, which was like at a point really suffocating me. Yeah. So yeah, I really love that. Thank you for sharing that one. Yeah. I think, I think what I've noticed also is with, with this health world, you know, as as you encounter other people who are on their health journey, I find that more and more because at some point we've all kind of been to rock bottom, whatever that rock bottom is for each of us. Yeah. And so therefore you've been to the bottom, you've been to the depths, you've seen that, that your own version of hell, whatever that is. Dark night of the soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We skipped a couple of steps. We're right, we're going right straight for the dark night. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, the only place to go is up. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually spoken about this quite a few times on the podcast because, you know, it comes up in every person's story, as you just said. And, you know, it's so it's so confusing and terrifying when you're in it. Um, But I think the more you go through it, the more you realize that you will come out of it at some point. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you just need to just stick with the with the discomfort and and let, you know, your intuition guide you the way out and and accept the, the gifts, you know, that we often get of people pointing us in the right direction, which sometimes we don't even realize that the tools are there, we just yeah. can't see it. Yeah. I think that's a question I get a lot here at Sanya, is like, what to do when you're just in that dark night of the soul? Like, maybe you guys can share some of your coping mechanisms. Or I don't know if you want to share a little bit, you know, I know it's, uh, like we're just going to go dive mm-hmm. straight into dark night of the <laughs> dark night stories. But I think these stories do need to be told. And, and this mm-hmm. is the thing, you know, about, you know, Yesterday we were talking a lot about the, the strength of the feminine and what does strength mean. And we all said that strength is actually vulnerability. And, and if it's these stories that inspire us and connect us and bond us, not the like, oh, yeah, I did this or I did that success story so much. So if you want to uh, open the, the, the can of the dark night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, well, I think for me, the dark night of the soul... Um, when I, when I look back at my journey now, um, being at my rock bottom, um, yeah, I just had experienced trauma. And um, for me, it wasn't even the trauma itself that put me in a dark place, but um, some actions I didn't take afterwards, like I didn't report my abuser. And a few weeks after me, he, he raped another person. And that made me feel so much guilt for not acting um, that I just couldn't forgive myself. And I just couldn't see 
myself as being a good person anymore. And like, yeah, I spent definitely a few months in that state and eventually I, I just saw this, this video of, of yeah, the, the Wim Hof method and decided, okay, yeah, I like worst, what, what's, what's the worst thing? Like there's really, there's no way down from here. Um, so I decided to jump in an ice bath and for me, that first time that I went into that ice bath, it was for the first time in months that my mind just kind of shut off and I was present in my body and I was present with my breath. And that inspired me to seek that moment time and time again. So first, first few, first first few weeks I was like okay I'm gonna go in the ocean or an ice bath every day and I really needed that I really needed that blistering moment where my mind was not ruminating about the things I did or didn't do and from that moment I started to see the irony of it because I was like okay I go into the ice bath to find that moment of of quiet and in the ice bath, I'm like, oh yeah, just just breathe through, just calm down. Like I was controlling my breath and I was I was centering myself. And then one day I was just like, yes, I'm breathing through this hurricane of emotions in this this cold, cold ice bath. But I don't manage to see that sometimes life is cold. And I couldn't breathe through that. But I saw the reflection of the ice bath to like, okay, you know, this sometimes the environment around us is so cold and so painful and we don't know where up or down is. I mean, we can't see a meter in front, but the only thing is to breathe through. And for me, that's really something that the ice bath taught me, but when I speak about it, I'm, I always say it's, it's, this is not my story. It's a story of all of us and the story of every modality. It can be yoga, it can be running, it can be, can be cooking, it can be one thing that gets you in that state of presence where you really, just for a moment, are not thinking about the things you could have done, should have done, would have done, like where your past doesn't define you. And I think that was the only thing for me that made me realize. It's like, okay, when I can learn how to not let my past define me, if I can learn how to not let whatever mistake I even made an hour ago, a minute ago, really define me, then there is this moment of space created. And I think there's so many different ways of, of getting there, of, of finding that, that one thing for you, which like, I don't know how to tell people like, okay, this is, this is going to be your thing. There, there is no way. So I think when people are in that state and the hardest thing is to go out and look for things that get you out of that space, but that's the only way, I think. It's just to find what makes you tick and what makes you experience that moment of joy.
perfectly said. <laughs> I think there's just like so much of what you said I can relate to, and I'm sure like Dasha's nodding away. So. <laughs> it's like yes. Um, but I think one thing I'd, I'd love for us to just explore further is like you said that, you know, in that moment the mind is quiet, and it's like we have to forgive ourselves for everything that we did and and stop judging ourselves. And in that moment of no mind, it's that that's where we we can forgive ourselves and see ourselves as a good person again. And I think that's so much what keeps us stuck is this self-judgment that we have towards ourselves. And that forgiveness is such a, an elusive and mystical thing. Like you said, there's no formula, like do this and then do that and then you'll forgive and love yourself. Yeah, <laughs> like yes. It's just yeah. so, That'd it's such true. a murky water and, and you just yeah. like the only way you can figure it out is by literally stepping one foot in front of the other. But yeah, like, just opening up, like, forgiveness, like, any thoughts. Yeah. Well, like, I, I immediately resonate with what you said, like, to forgive ourselves. I do think we, like, when I look at my story, the, the realisation of forgiving myself was, was something that I couldn't even imagine. Um, and so many times I hear that, it's like, but, like there are this and this and this and it's it's heavy on our consciousness of course and it's it's so present in in like almost everything of our being to be like oh but I wanted to improve myself and I, I fucked up and I and I did this and um like when I hear this or, or talk to people about this like what they often like to see is the state they were in when they made the mistake or the state that we're in when, like, now looking back, of course, um, yeah, I would have, if I could do it over again, maybe I would have decided to, like, report this abuser. But looking back at those moments in that state, I wasn't sure. Like, like I didn't know what to do. I was, like, recently gone through trauma. It's like, my mind was stressed it was fearful it was it was not in a state of relaxation and rat like rational. rational thinking and i think that like the moment we start seeing like hey but that experience i went through that thing that i did there i was not rational it was out of emotion out of fear out of out of all these things and it's only coming up for me to learn and evaluate from that so, yeah, I think that been a big thing for me to realize, like, hey, I'm way too harsh on the person that just got raped <laughs> to, like, actually be feeling this guilty. And in fact, like, if it was a friend, you would totally forgive them, right? Yeah. Like, if, like, if that happened to you, right, and you're telling that story, it's just like, there's no way you would hold anyone to that. You'd just be like, oh, no. <laughs> but when it's ourselves, we just have this other measuring stick. Which is why we need each other to tell us it's okay. Yeah. I think it's also, it's, so this idea of forgiveness, for me at least, has been quite new. Because I don't think I actually knew what, what I needed to forgive, who I needed to forgive. Because I was perfect. <laughs> you know, and, and I think there is an element of that as well, like in society today where 
you know, you have to kind of puff up yourself and say, well, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm great, I'm amazing, you know, to, to get ahead. And, and so we're, we have to remember that we are, like, we have our own traumas from our own childhood, from parents, from family, from generations, from whatever, right? And it's, and forgiveness is, like, you have to also understand where your ego lies in order to then also realize you have messed up. There, you have definitely transgressed somebody. And maybe that somebody by the way is yourself. So I think for me, that's been a little bit of my journey because, you know, it, you know, okay, my concussions are, yes, I need to forgive myself for being silly on, on, on multiple occasions. But, uh, you know, the last one was, yeah, somebody dropped me. I was, and, and he, it was his actions to some extent. Um, I was salsa dancing, so that was that was the last <laughs> the last concussion. Um, so yeah, for yes, surely there is a forgiveness element there, but it's also, yeah, I think it's where do you, where does your ego lie to say you are you have messed up, and then unpeeling the layers there to constantly be reevaluating and saying how can I be better. How can I be better? So I think it's, you know, to play the other coin of what you're saying, Kiki, is we do need to give ourselves that forgiveness for ourselves. But also we need to be challenging individually, just like you two have challenged me to be better this week and and pushed me to say, wait, you're not doing that right. Or, you know, even your, like, you know, Jasmine, every time I see you, your actions, the way that you hold a space, it's... It's tremendous and it's and it's inspiring and I want to be that. I want to be that in certain ways. So I see that and say, okay, that is a challenge to be better, to be more of a light. I think we mentioned yesterday like this distinction between judging ourselves and judging our actions. Yes. And like what even with parenting, like you can if, if a child does something naughty, you can say that's bad or you can say you're bad. And I think it's it's such a subtle distinction, but it's the one that we get wrong all the time. And I think this is something I, I learned the hard way from a lot of years of, you know, really beating myself up and being way too hard on myself and in a sense, taking too much responsibility. But then I just got to this point of like when I liberated myself from that and realized, wow, like actually my worth as a human being is completely separate to my actions, right? Like even like the worst people on this planet, right? They're still a soul and they're still a part of the divine universe. So it, they can't ever be unworthy of that, right? But then it's our actions that allow us to really reflect the light or the shadow to, to whatever extent. But I think this is something that really should be emphasized to us women in general, because I think we all have a tendency to not really get that balance right in ourselves and also in each other. I think this is something for me this year that really sunk deeper into my... Before it was an idea that like yes. I believed, but I wouldn't act. Yes. <laughs> and I think just looking at others and, and when I see the actions that they take that I don't agree with, before I would say like, there was this blurring, you know, between the person and the action. Mm. Whereas now I, I, I think I've managed to sort of distinguish that a little bit more and say like okay well that's what they're doing is not great but they are great yeah. and just see the beauty in them as a being but I think the hardest thing is to do that with ourselves as you said like it's really not easy and oftentimes we don't know that we you know we as individuals 
we aren't even open to what we're messing up on. So exactly what you said, well, there's the person and then there's the action. And oftentimes if, you know, we were saying before, so if, if somebody has messed up, let's say, in quotations, and you explain it to them, oftentimes they don't even realize that they did that. Mm-hmm. Because even in communication, even in the way that we say things, what I am saying right now isn't, the words as they mean to me may not be the same as they mean to you. So it's it's constantly this game and this, you know, and then the way that we've been brought up, you know, like I was saying before, in in a Russian culture, it's not often that you say thank you and please all the time. Whereas in a Western culture, it's much more common. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm less thankful or it's just our societies and how we're brought up. So it's it really is the, the, the actions and separating the actions from the human, from the person because they may not know what they're doing. And even being open and being able to have that conversation to say, hey, listen, do you know how your actions have affected me? Do you realize what your actions look like from an outside perspective? Because I know that I'm blinded by some of the things I say, <laughs> right? Totally, and I think at the moment there's this kind of like attitude going around, like especially on social media of just like, I'm great, like be the queen, you're the best, don't let anyone bring you down. <laughs> just yeah. like, you are perfect and all of that, which I, I get it on one side, like we need to boost our self-esteem, but at the same time, if that boosting our self-esteem doesn't come from like the actual reality of seeing ourselves taking better actions and actions that we're proud of, it's just a hollow picture on Instagram, right? That just yeah. completely means nothing. I think that's also like, you know, something we definitely need more role models of just like, you know what, like I did this, I'm not really proud of that, like I could do that better, but I'm still at peace with who I am and I still think I'm worthy of love and and of my... And I think there, for me, like a big, big one, especially like we're in 2020 now, big one last year was really finding that authenticity because like when I find that I come from an authentic place like I automatically feel an emotion of like even the slightest of guilt when I'm like oh I shouldn't have said that or that was that was really not necessary for me to do and to me authenticity is listening to those messages because I do think that we have them when we when we do judge another person or like uh, when we do ex- express in in a harsh way, or there is that little voice in our head. What's that? just that little grudge of guilt or that little like emotion? And to me, that has become such a guideline to how do we actually want to evolve, and how do I can I see? Okay, my actions, even if I'm not aware of them, how do they influence other people? Is by that little grudge and that little subtlety of like even maybe a look and you're like oh it didn't it didn't mean it that way and to me that became like the authenticity of like what empowers people it's like not the post on social media but the actual feeling that you're trying to convey through a post totally and it's it's it takes strength, right? To like listen to that inner voice of like, oh, you know what? That wasn't very nice to he said that. <laughs> like it does come up, but then we're constantly 
ignoring and repressing. There's this really beautiful teacher called Caroline Mace. I don't know if either of you have heard of yeah. this. And she has this really good story where she teaches about intuition. And she's like, what do these people come up and ask me how they can hear their intuition? And she's like, you're already hearing it. You're just ignoring it. <laughs> and it's so true. It's just like, how can we... And again, that comes back to the, like, we don't need to judge ourselves for bad actions. Like, we can see the bad action and not let it affect the way we think about ourselves. But it does take some kind of figuring out and, and, and not, you know, coming down on the wrong side of that to kind of eventually make your way into being able to do that, I think. Yeah. And I think, I think it's also an element of, I mean, we are fallible. We are going to have bad days. We are, like, we're not all... Uh, enlightened if we are then we wouldn't be here you know <laughs> we didn't, wouldn't need this podcast <laughs> we wouldn't need this podcast like we're fine and you know there's there's an example where you know i know earlier kiki you and i are talking about how i was very short with you you know at one point and i was like did i need to say it in that way no but are we always going to be friends <laughs> you know going forward yes absolutely because it's i have transgressed you and i have made you feel a certain way and listen coming back to a a a person and saying, listen, I had a bad day or I was in a bad place. My humble apologies. Like that was not my intention. And being able to be open and upfront with that and then moving on. Yeah. Because I think oftentimes we get stuck in this like, okay, well, this is my image or this is who I must be. Or, you know, I can't, I can't show that I'm weak. I can't show that vulnerability because if so, then that means X, Y, Z, whatever. And even is. to myself, like I can't show that vulnerability that I was yeah, wrong, even to my point. own self, that's which is point. the kind of freaky part. Yeah. And that's also it, right? You have to first admit to yourself that you were wrong before you can go and apologize to someone else. And that, that is strength, right? Yeah. Like we, we, you know, I'd love this podcast to just be like a bit of a discussion around this question of like, what is strength for us women? You know, mm. because... It's we've I think we've got it quite wrong in a lot of ways. And, you know, something like that for me is just like, wow, that is strength. Mm. You know, we don't see it maybe as strength. I mean, maybe in our kind of world of, of wellness and more consciousness, we're like, yeah. But generally, if you look around, there's more of this like, you know, keeping up appearances, I'm invincible and I'm indestructible and, and all of that. And I, I think it's just really not helping our well-being. No. I really like what you said last night about the goddess in every woman, I think it was. And maybe you can speak to that about like the seven different archetypes and how there are different strengths there, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. It's just, I was sharing this book called Goddesses in Every Woman, which is basically a look into the female archetypes. And, you know, we look back at sort of stories, especially religious stories, as though they're just make made up fantasy. We, we, we don't have such an appreciation of them as we used to. But if you look at a lot of stories, they actually have so much wisdom in them. And, and this book is based on the wisdom of the Greek, the stories about the Greek gods and goddesses. And actually, each goddess, the story of each goddess is is an incredible research into the psyche of a particular kind of woman. It's not just some random story. It's like, actually, when I read the story of Artemis, for example, I, I resonated so much that it kind of freaked me out because even my last relationship that I had just been in, Artemis had that exact same relationship, like same kind of person, same kind of relationship with my mother, same dynamic with my father, like really to the T that you're like, this is freaky. <laughs> but I think the main, the main thing um, that's worth sharing is just that in this book, she says how we have three 
goddesses who are known as the vulnerable goddesses and then three goddesses who are known as the I forgot the exact word that she uses but I think independent something like that uh, and then there's one goddess Aphrodite who has the best of both and I think as women we usually come down on one side like we're either too vulnerable or too independent and we were laughing yesterday because we're all on the independent side <laughs> <laughs> so we, we relate um, but like for me, it was really learning that that kind of strength is good, but it's also bad. Like for me in relationships, for example, it was harder for me to be dependent and you need a certain amount of dependency for a relationship to work. And because I was so hyper independent, I never gave space to my partner to feel needed, to feel appreciated. I was just always so good on my own and had my own purpose. And when I read that book and I realized, wow, like actually the vulnerable goddesses have a lot to teach us. It was a really big eye opener for me. And I think nowadays it's something very taboo in society because we've just we've elevated the independent goddess mm. and the vulnerable goddesses. We've just completely kicked them to the curb. Mm. Like we don't like even if you choose to be a housewife nowadays, it's kind of like what? You're not an independent woman with your own career and purpose mm. and all of that. And. Well, it's like, no, some women, their purpose is family. Mm. And that's completely beautiful. And I think we've really lost our way in, in that kind of scale of like, mm. just seeing independence only as strength, not as the vulnerability side mm. to that. Mm. I think that's beautiful. I, I loved what you said last night. That's why I asked you to bring it up now. But it's, yeah, I, I'm finding it quite difficult, actually. And it's because my, again, my background, I was in consulting for so long, which is a very masculine energy dominant you know alpha world and therefore to progress my view was that I must be as such so in a meeting I have to take up space I have to be the first to talk I have to be more aggressive and well yes in that world it did get me far and it was good but I also you know wonder if I could have gotten equally as far by being a little bit more flexible, a little bit softer, a bit, uh, you know, having that, that pause, which again, I, it, there is beauty and there is strength in silence and emptiness. And like that too is a power. And, and for me right now, I think that's one of the things I'm really working on, which is how do I cultivate that femininity or that that soft and subtle energy which at least for now in the society that I think we are today it's not rewarded no. and it's you know we're, we're you know I oftentimes speak with with some of my girlfriends and yeah it is very much okay you must be successful and independent and financially on your own and duck, 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 duck. and it's like well are we giving other things up for that are we giving up you know, and this is very taboo, but, you know, are, are you know, people aren't able to, 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 to be get pregnant, right? People are, are having challenges there, or people are, uh, you know, relationships are, are suffering. Yeah. Um, we're not having the same relationships either individually between partners or with our family because we're always in that fight mode yes. and that need to... To, to always be right or always be on top or always argue a point. And 
Yeah, I'm getting tired just hearing about it. <laughs> I think something that came to my mind, which I actually just figured out as you were speaking, is like because we came from this time earlier on in society where the independent woman was so rejected, mm. and it's like we had to work quite hard to allow space for that choice that we choice. could be independent, yeah. but mm. in a way, we've sort of taken it too far. We're now the independent is the only good one, mm. and yeah. you know. Half women are probably more vulnerable and half are more independent, yet we're creating this society where everyone needs to be independent. And as you said, I think it comes at quite a huge cost to our well-being yeah. and our happiness. And I think what you, what you just mentioned like really resonated with me. I think, you know, the, like so often, like the softener, the quiet, the, like from my experience, even like love, get so many times confused with weakness. It's like, okay, like forgiveness. It's like, 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 no, you have to stand up for yourself and you have to do this and you have to like, well, like if boundaries. you, if you forgive, yeah, boundaries, if you forgive, it's weak and you, you let your, you're being walked over and it's like, no, I can, can be in the quiet. I can be at peace and still hold that boundary, mm. but not be pushing it into people's face the whole time. And be like, okay, like, what is that balance between, like, where do you let that, where do you let yourself soften into an experience rather than really try to block it out? For me, that's definitely in, in the, like, yeah, female empowerment movement. It's, it's often, like, harsh and, like, these are our boundaries and this is this. And to me, that, like, I sometimes struggle with that. It's like being seen as weak when you when you take the more feminine approach mm. for sure and I, something that i've been thinking a lot about recently with the whole boundaries thing because it is a bit of a trend at the yeah, moment yeah. of like mm. boundaries mm. I, I i like i'm proud that i can say no and, and all of that and and yes for sure like if we you're being definitely. stepped over and you're being squashed and you need to set your boundaries but we also need to have this wisdom to know when it's appropriate because mm. i mean spiritually like, if you talk to all of the, the greatest... Like, Jesus, turn the other cheek, right? That's not yeah. boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, yeah, it's exactly. completely opposite. It's yeah. like, actually expand your comfort zone yeah. so that you can just give more and be selfless and, and keep your egoic needs at the end. Mm. And I'm not saying that if you're in a, a traumatic relationship, you should just turn the other cheek, right? Yeah. Like, this is... Like, we have to really steer away from these generalizations. But when we are in a place of power and when we have a choice, like, that choice to not hold the boundary for the greater good can be a really beautiful, inspiring and, and very spiritually powerful approach. But we just always get caught up in these like trends of like, now we need boundaries. Now we need self-love. Right, now we're gonna like, <laughs> we're gonna set that target on straight love. We're gonna hit that target. <laughs> it's just, I really yeah. like Esther Perel on that. Like yeah. when, she, when she talks about, you know, infidelity and, and especially like now that like your mate guilty when you stay in a relationship and when you're like yeah my like there have been some struggles but we can make it through it's like no it's empowerment and like you leave in the um like do we still know how to work through stuff mm -hmm. like or is it just like no like this happened and like okay need to break that relationship onto the next partner mm -hmm. or are we actually learning how to communicate and how to be like yes that was definitely a boundary mm -hmm. and I don't allow that to be stepped over mm. 
but is there a way we can communicate, maybe take our distance, but still work through an experience healing. of healing? And I think, I, so I have an example, which I think is quite funny on this one is, uh, yeah, I mean, you can take the extreme, right? You know, if, if somebody is commenting on your clothing at work, you can go the extreme, you can go and tell HR and say, ah, this is harassment, oh, this is horrible. Or you can go to the person. And I've had a, I had a situation where I would come into the office and, and yeah, I would get looked up and down and a comment was made. And so, okay, fine. I went right back at and I made a comment right back. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? You, wait, you can do that? It's like, okay, well, if you can do that, I'll do it right back at you. How does that make you feel? So it's like, let's play this game, you know, and, it's, and let's, not, let's not, again, be fearful about, you know, oh, what are going to be the consequences? It's like, okay, well, if you're human and you're making this trend, like this, this error, you know, let me correct your ways and let me show you how this feels, you know, and also I'll do it in front of everybody. So then it's an open conversation. And so then all of a sudden that person, I remember to this day, he felt really horrible. And he came up to me later and he's like, hey, listen, that was, that was out of line. He was the one that said it to me, you know? But you didn't, it didn't need to be loud. It, needed, it didn't need to be, ah, these are my boundaries. It's like, okay, you're making a, a sexist joke at me. I'll make a sexist joke back at you. Let's see, you know? And it's, and it's having that, this is sad to say, but it's like, you know, realizing that that's a person too and he's made a mistake and you're just going to call him out on it. Just like a little bit. Just like a little kid that, again, needs a little slap on the nose. Not, not, or a little dog, rather. Like a slap on the nose, right? Um, or like a kid, just be like, hey, don't, don't put your hand close to hot fire. Like, learn, you know? I think that's where a lot of the problems start, right? It's because we don't feel the confidence to just kind of face the situation and just like, oh yeah, call it out in a lighthearted way or, yeah. or, or even not, even in just a like, you know, this made me feel uncomfortable, yeah. you know, why did you feel the need to do that? Um, and then when we don't do that, then we, it festers inside mm. and then it's like, then it's the, this anger and resentment. And a lot of the times, as Kiki said, like the anger and resentment gets directed at ourselves for not being strong yes. enough to, mm. to say what we need to say. And then that just gets turned against ourselves and, and then we become angry and resentful. And, and this unfortunately has happened a lot in the female rights movement is that there's a lot of inner states which are not quite at peace with a lot of things that happen and then we're trying to create change from this place of unintegration yeah and that creates more harm than good and like i have to preface this like otherwise i'll get loads of comments of just like <laughs> aggression about this because like you know the, the women's rights movement is beautiful and it yes, has done so many amazing definitely. things and there are so many amazing role models within yeah. that movement who i look up to and, and it's great and we're not saying that you know never stick your boundaries or never yeah. no, it's it's always about like the wisdom of knowing when yeah things are appropriate to mm. be dealt with in what way and, and most of the time it comes naturally from within like if you listen like right that guy made the sexist comment and naturally from within it came you know what i'm just gonna like face this mm. but then it's like the mind which usually comes in and say oh no what if this happens or what if you're seen as this or and then the mind just comes in and distorts what's our natural action and yeah unfortunately i think we're creating a lot of things in society based on these states which are not quite and i think we oftentimes overthink it so in that moment it's like okay well like, I, I said it back to him, and then I said, well, let me call your wife. I, I'm sure she'll enjoy that. 
It's like, what? <laughs> you know? And it was, it was just so fluid and so obvious. It's like, oh, shoot. Okay. Obviously, that wasn't a- appropriate, right? And I think, yeah, had I overthought it, oof. Like, it would have festered inside me. It would have gone on. And I, it is. It's, to going back to your point, there, are, there is no black and white in this situation, yeah. right? There is, and it has to, like, we have to understand. That's, that's why I think it comes back to us as women supporting each other and having these conversations saying, wait, what do you think? What could I have done better? You know, and supporting and saying, actually, you know what? That was completely across, like, against the line. This is where you do need to call HR. Or this is where you do need to, you know, be more careful for whatever reason. Yeah. And it just comes back to that of like investigating ourselves. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's like our own healing, our own increased awareness. That's actually the biggest gift we can give to not just ourselves, but the world in general. Because we all, like say, so, oh, the government and the politicians or the CEO or the this or the that or the other... But at the same time, most of us human beings, we're not really investing that much in ourselves being better people. We're just like, oh, it's easy to criticize. Oh, it's the men or oh, it's the <laughs> politicians yeah. or oh, it's that. Pass the buck. Yeah. yeah. I think it brings us back to like kind of where we started. Like, are we seeing the steps that we can take? But also, are we recognizing that people do make mistakes? And that they learn, you know, people learn. They're not, they're not their action. They can have an action. They can have had that action for like five, six, seven, ten, twenty years. But maybe nobody has ever really called them out from a heart-centered space. Mm-hmm. It's always judgment, judgment, judgment. Mm-hmm. And then against that judgment, they rebel. So I think it's like going back to realizing like we're not set in stone. People are not their actions and for me that's the, the the snippet of like information that I hear in these conversations it's like trust yourself and other people to be able to get better and to improve and to actually learn from their mistakes or if they're called out in in the right way from from a space of like yeah this is out of line mm-hmm. um, because of these and these reasons or but it's exactly as you said it's like from the heart-centered space right like how many times do we call it out from the wrong space you know and that's that's where like the real challenge is because that's a strength too to like not respond from irritation or anger or feeling abused or threatened but just like kind of accepting whatever emotion comes in that moment letting it go and then coming to talk with that neutral like give that message with a neutral centered heart as you said and I think that's that's really a skill that comes with maturity and and comes after some quite some time <laughs> meditating and breathing and <laughs> doing all the things we have to do right yeah. I this morning you and I were talking about the observer effect yeah could you talk a little bit about that because I thought that was really really beautiful and how that kind of inter interlocks with what we've been talking about yeah um like for me, like I, I mean, I, I love quantum physics, and I've, I've been studying like some modalities and like meditation and mindfulness, and and then yeah, the observer effect um came to my awareness, which is like um basically quantum physics in like the double slit experiment, and how like light particles change when they're observed by an intelligent observer or the patterns they make on a on a sheet change 
And for me, it's, it's like if we have that much effect on particles of light, how much effect do we have on other people and how much responsibility are we willing to take to see other people and to see the light in them and the fact that, yeah, there are actions, but there is a being behind that with its own story, with its own pain. Mm. And sometimes in conversations, we forget how lucky we are to stand on our side of the conversation. If I look at the guy who assaulted me, of course, I'm not okay with his actions. But I realize that I'm very lucky because I cannot even fathom, fathom the pain that he must have gone through mm. to live a life in that way. Because I just don't believe that we are born as anything but light. And there are situations that happen. There are ways that we grow up that are not okay. And there are interactions that we have with our parents, with, with the places we live in that do have us maybe forget that. So for me, it's like the observer effect is always about the responsibility of being able to just try to put yourself in their shoes, no matter how hard that is. Mm. And to to me, that just been, been such a, a guiding light in learning how to forgive people um, while finding my own ways of putting up the boundaries. Because, yeah, no, abuse and sexual abuse, is, it's not okay. Mm. And if you're in an abusive relationship, like, you do have to learn how to stand up and, and like, find a way out of that situation. But that doesn't mean that we can't understand that the person doing it to us is also hurting really bad. And that they have memories that we can't even think or can't even, like, how lucky are we that our mind doesn't go there? How lucky are we that we don't feel the need to abuse other people to feel powerful? And for me, that became the observer effect. And what do you want to observe in other people? It's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. Yeah. Yeah, it's like we're all on our own journeys, yeah. right? And you don't know, I don't know what journey that person is on. Yeah. I can see parts of it and I can see parts of his pain, his anger, her pain, her anger, right? But I'm never going to be in the shoes to know everything. Yeah. I don't know how they woke up that day. So the only thing I can do is I can give love and hope that that's also reciprocated. Yeah. I think, you know, what you said was super beautiful. And I think for me, one of the, the main things that helped me be able to see people with more compassion is just seeing my myself like really seeing my own weaknesses and feeling very compassionate mm. towards myself yes. <laughs> or the things that I there's like one particular moment I remember um where I just I really saw my own weakness like I I I wanted to serve and and I've I've always ever since I went deep in my spiritual journey I I wanted to be of service for a long time and I got to a point where I was you know we all in theory want to serve but then 
in the reality is you have to be uncomfortable, right? And maybe one day you're uncomfortable, it's fine, maybe two. And then at some point you get to your limit and you're like, I need to put my needs first again. And that happened to me. And usually I would judge others who would say, oh, I'm going to put my needs before serving others. But in that moment, I was so like weak and I was tired and I was just been uncomfortable for so long that I... I, that weakness of like my own narcissism of like, and I want to mm. protect myself yeah. came out. And when I saw it, I couldn't hate myself because the situation, as you said, like sometimes life is cold, right? And life is hard and it's not always easy to be at our best. And when I just saw that and could forgive myself for like what I see as like, you know, quite a negative thing, then when, when I didn't even notice this was happening at the time, but I just, I just forgave myself and I just said like, it's okay. And then I noticed the next time a person did that same thing, I was like, oh, it's okay. Like she's in pain, you know, or yeah. he's in pain. And, yeah. and then afterwards I realized like, oh, wow, that experience of my own yes. pain and sort of getting through it and making peace with the fact that I wasn't as perfect as I wanted to be in that moment. Mm naturally it just came that oh I couldn't judge the other person now for doing it too and I think this is why like our own healing is the biggest gift we can give to this world because right it's the seatbelt put your seatbelt on before you put somebody else or the oxygen mask mask. (laughs) sorry same thing should be seatbelt too yeah put your own oxygen mask on so heal yourself before you try and tell others and it's and it's also a journey right so it's like Okay, you healed one one little bit of yourself. Yeah, it's an onion. <laughs> one little, yeah. onion, yeah. One little <laughs> onion of yourself. <laughs> I had a friend the other day. She was like, she went through this very long uh, healing process. Uh, I think it was actually in the last podcast episode that this happened. She was like, "Oh, I've done it. I've healed." I was like, "Careful, <laughs> like, because you More know, in a few months, that next layer is gonna come down. You'll be like, shit, <laughs> it's happened to me so many times. Like, yes, yeah. that pattern's done. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it comes back." But it's fun, right? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's like beautiful. it's hard and it's challenging, but it's just so fulfilling. Yeah, it's and it's kind of going back to the hero's journey from the beginning, right? It's we think, ah, oh, well, I'm I'm dug, I've done my hero's journey. Yeah. It's like you've done one. Yeah, <laughs> you've done one. <laughs> zoom out, zoom out. Yeah, yeah. It's the fractal. Yeah, we yeah. were just saying it's like a fractal, you know, like you see one hero's journey and it's whole, but then yeah. if you zoom out a bit, it's like another part of the story yeah. which makes it a whole, and then you zoom out again, it's just like this. Yeah, so the the hero's journey never ends. No. But it's it's a fun ride. Yeah. Yes. And but the humility of understanding that and, and saying, Okay, I'm 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 going to be on that journey. And that journey is going to be a lifetime. Yes. Exactly. And you know, and, and understanding like I mean, there's that phrase, right? Like happiness is not is not an, a destination, it's the journey, which is very uh, cliche, but it's true, right? It's the, this journey is the thing that is going to give you the, the laughs, give you the, you know, these friendships, these, yeah. these types of connections. And it's not just something to attain and say, ha look at me, I've got all these Instagram followers <laughs> or like, whatever it is, right? That, that we qual- quantify. Yeah. I think the the connections are definitely one of the most beautiful and actually essential parts of the journey. I mean, I have a few friends who I know, if they hadn't been there for me at a particular time, like, I don't know how I would have coped with that particular challenge that I was facing. And it's so nice, like, you know, I've barely spent that much time with both of you, like, if you see on the grand scheme of things, but, like, that connection is so deep because there's that authenticity and there's this 
you know, real, as you said, like this observer effect, like when you do have that observer who's seeing you good and wishing you well, like it's such an empowering force. It's, it makes you feel so much more capable of doing your hero's journey. And I think that's really something that we all need to seek out. And, and I think something that comes naturally, right? Like when you've done this, like for me, my own journey was what created Sanya, right? Like your own journey was what created Disturb the Comfort, your own journey created the Head Optimization mm-hmm. Summit. Like it's like naturally we want to create this community. Now you're going to be creating your next community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just so, so beautiful, you know, that we're creating this community and actually that's where all our resources are, right? Like in this, in this community. Yeah. And I think for me at least what's, what's beautiful or it's, what's, what's been opening at least is that these connections happen when I have been able to be vulnerable. Yeah. And before the, the story that I told myself was, no, I have this out, out, yes. external appearance, right? And I'm, I'm, I've got it. I've got it figured out. And I check me out kind of a thing. And, it's, <laughs> um, and the connections actually come when you're able to say, and, and then therefore your friends are able to point out your, you know, the little thing, the niggles in your personality, right? The things that you can work on. And I think for me, that's been a big lesson this past year of that vulnerability is actually what fosters the connections that are going to grow me more. Yeah. There is this, like, I, I forgot the, the whole quote, but like, I really like this, this, it's, it's like this quote that kind of, to the basics, it's like, seek friends that don't accept mediocrity yeah and it's like (laughs) to me that's it you know like if i am mediocre in the way i treat myself like how can i ever inspire this like greatness or like even if you're just like these bits where you're like oh i'm improving myself and you're like yeah there are there are some aspects here and there or like some responsibility that you can take and to me, like my real friends there to point that out. Where am I just not living my truth? Mm-hmm. Where am I not being authentic? And to me, that community is almost like it's so rare in today's society that people dare to point out like, yeah, but you're being not really authentic there. Mm-hmm. And your real you is so beautiful. So just just chime that. And don't try to fit in that mold that they're, they're creating here, even in that space of your life. Mm. So, yeah. I, yeah. I think on that note, we'll start to <laughs> land this plane. We <laughs> <laughs> can talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, but it's a nice place to leave off, you know. It's like yeah. the connection, the vulnerability, it needs to be there, but then also the strength, you know. There are two sides, you know. It's not masculine and female. It's two sides of both of us, the vulnerable, yes. the independent, whatever you want to call it, mm. yin, yang, masculine, female. We just need to nourish both both parts yes. and, and see communities that, that help us do that. So I look forward to being in community with both of you Likewise. and seeing your... Remind me the name of the your project that you've Women's started. Biohacking Collective. Women's, so yeah, if you guys want to check out Dasha's Women's, Women's Biohacking Collective yeah. and Kiki's Disturb the Comfort... And you guys know where to find me, so I don't need to talk about that. But yeah, thank you both. That was such a beautiful conversation. I was thinking, we had such a, like, beautiful magic last night when we were talking about a lot of these things. Like, how can we possibly recreate it? You you kind of can't, but I think we really did manage to bring out a lot of the the beauty of what we were sharing. So 
Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. And uh, hopefully I'll chat to you guys again as well before you go. Awesome. Thank you for listening. As always, I really appreciate you taking the time to hear these stories and to share your own stories. And as always, you know, I just want to give this reminder to everyone that this this podcast is all about going within to inspire ourselves and each other to take that inner journey. And if you ever need support on that journey, just reach out to us, you know, where to find us. Thank you and see you next time. Bye.